Yes. Are your notes in the class? No, I got those with me. <laughs> Would you turn to Psalm 72? Now, this I believe David has written. Some people say that Solomon wrote it, but look at verse 20. The prayers of David, the son of Jesse, are ended. And it sounds to me like David wrote this, and he's writing it concerning his son Solomon. But as we read this passage of Scripture, we're going to see that this is with regard to the Lord Jesus Christ. Give the king thy judgments, O God, and thy righteousness unto the king's son. He shall judge thy people with righteousness, and thy poor with judgment. The mountain shall bring peace to the people, and the little hills by righteousness. He shall judge the poor of the people. He shall save the children of the needy and shall break in pieces the oppressor. They shall fear thee as long as the sun and moon endure throughout all generations. He shall come down like rain upon the mown grass as showers that water the earth. In his days shall the righteous Flourish, and abundance of peace so long as the moon endureth. He shall have dominion also from sea to sea, and from the river unto the ends of the earth. They that dwell in the wilderness shall bow before him, and his enemies shall lick the dust. The kings of Tarshish and of the isles shall bring presents. The kings of Sheba and Seba shall offer gifts. Yea, all kings shall fall down before him. All nations shall serve him. For he shall deliver the needy when he crieth. The poor also and him that hath no helper. He shall spare the poor and needy. And shall save the souls of the needy. He shall redeem their soul from deceit and violence, and precious shall their blood be in his sight. He and he shall live. And to him shall be given the gold of Sheba. Prayer also shall be made for him continually, and daily shall he be praised. There shall be an handful of corn in the earth upon the top of the mountains. The fruit thereof shall shake like Lebanon, and they of the city shall flourish like grass of the earth. His name shall endure forever. His name shall be continued as long as the sun. And men shall be blessed in him. All nations shall call him blessed. Blessed be the Lord God, the God of Israel, who only doeth wondrous things. 
and blessed be his glorious name forever. And let the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. The prayers of David, the son of Jesse, are ended. Let's pray. Lord, how thankful we are for the beauty and the glory of thy son and his salvation for the poor and needy. Lord, I ask in Christ's name that you would make each of us, even now, poor and needy. That's beyond the strength and energy of this flesh. Bless us for the Lord's sake. In his name we pray. Amen. When David says the prayers of David the son of Jesse are ended, he writes a whole lot more psalms after this. Some say that this refers to uh, this particular portion of the psalms. I don't know whether it does or not. Um, I think that David is saying as much as anything else. Look at verse 19. And blessed be his glorious name forever. And let the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. What can be said beyond that? How can we go further than this? Amen and amen. The prayers of the son of Jesse are ended. I can't take it any further than this. And I think that this psalm could well be said to be such a glorious psalm. If you and I can enter into this, what else is there? Now he begins, verse 1, Give the king thy judgments, O God, and thy righteousness unto the king's son. Now, David could have been speaking of Solomon, his son, but I have no doubt that this refers to the Lord Jesus Christ. You can't miss that from reading this psalm. And I love the way the gospel is about judgments and righteousness. Yes, it's about love and mercy and grace. But first, it's about judgments. The judgment of the cross. And this is the security of our salvation. It's based upon the judgment of God. He judged my sins in Christ, put them away, gave me Christ's righteousness. It's about judgment and righteousness. And I love Romans 1, 16 and 17. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein, in the gospel, is the righteousness of God. Revealed. He says in verse 2, He shall judge thy people with righteousness and thy poor with judgment. Now, the first thing I would notice, he talks about thy people. Thy people. Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And how does he describe his people? Thy poor. 
thy poor. Oh, I want to never leave being a poor and needy sinner. And this comes up over and over in this particular psalm. Poor and needy. It's, it's such a blessed thing to be poor, to have nothing, because it's so easy to trust Christ for everything when you have nothing. Now, when you have something, you're not trusting him for everything. Poor and great needs. He says in verse 3, The mountains shall bring peace to the people and the little hills by righteousness. Now, that peace comes from what? Righteousness. The only way that I have peace is if I have the righteousness of Christ as my personal righteousness. There's no holes in his righteousness. And what peace we experience, the joy and peace of believing. I've got his righteousness. You know what? I have peace. I have peace. Verse 4 he shall judge the poor of the people and shall save the children of the needy and shall break in pieces the oppressor. Here we once again have the poor and needy. Um, he shall judge them. Now that doesn't mean condemn them. That means justify them. My salvation is God's strict judgment and justice. Through the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is so glorious. My salvation is just. It's righteous. He shall judge the poor of the people. He shall save the children of the needy. When he judges, he saves. And he shall break in pieces the oppressor, anything that's opposed to his children. Verse 5. They, his children, shall fear thee. As long as the sun and moon endure throughout all generations. Now, this is not the fear of unbelief. We all know something of that. You're afraid of what's going to take place. That's not the fear he's speaking of. He's speaking of that fear of God that's the beginning of wisdom. And I love saying this. I say it often. I want to continue to say it often. Here's what the fear of God is. You're afraid from the awe and respect and reverence of his person. You're afraid to look anywhere but Christ alone all the time. That's a good place to be, isn't it? And that is the fear of God that is clean, enduring forever. That's what the psalmist called it in Psalm 19. The fear of God is clean, enduring forever. Verse 6, he shall come down like rain upon the mown grass as showers that water the earth. I love uh, the series Planet Earth, the BBC series. I'm kind of bummed that it's not on the way it used to be. It used to be on every Saturday all day long, and I was just, that's why I'd go to bed watching that. But I love it when they show a desert. And when the rain comes down, all of a sudden there's all kinds of beautiful flowers and vegetation. It was dry and barren, but when that rain comes down, look what comes about. The fruit that comes as a result of that rain. He shall come down like rain 
upon the mown grass, as showers that water the earth. With the reign of his grace, every believer has the fruit of God the Holy Spirit. This is not something for the advanced believer or the more mature believer. Every believer has love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Every believer has the fruit of the Spirit. And remember, it's the fruit of the Spirit. It's not the fruit of something that comes from you. It's the fruit of the Spirit that comes from his rain coming down and bringing forth this beauty upon the desert. Verse 7, in his days, which is every day, amen, in his days shall the righteous flourish and abundance of peace as long as the moon endureth. Now, in his days the righteous flourish. You know, I might not feel like I'm flourishing all the time, but I'm flourishing all the time. You know why? Because I'm in him. And this thing of faith is powerful. It's operative. It's in place all the time. Sometimes it's, you're more aware of it. As a matter of fact, very, most, I'm afraid that we're not aware of it near as much as we ought to be. I know that so. But I know this. Um, in his days, and that's the point in his days, as long as he lives, I flourish. How long is that going to be? Eternally. Can he die? No. I can't uh, cease flourishing then. In his days shall the righteous flourish. Now take that by faith. That's a promise. In his days shall the righteous flourish an abundance of peace as long as the moon endureth. This is an eternal peace. Why? Because he is our peace. That's why. Having made peace through the blood of his cross, it's an eternal peace. Verse 8. He shall have dominion also from sea to sea and from the river under the ends of the earth. Now, this is talking about his absolute sovereignty. And let me say this as simply as I know how. That means his will is always done. That's what sovereignty means. His will is always done all of the time. That is his sovereignty. Now, somebody may think, well, why did he teach us to pray, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven? Uh, that seems to be incongruent with that. Well, you can never look at sin and say, if you sin, well, that was God's will. Can't do that. You can't blame God. Well, I sinned, but God could have kept me from it, therefore it's his fault. No, we never look at sin in that sense. If I sin, I can't blame God. It's all my fault. It's his will for us to be perfect as he is perfect. Scripture teaches that. But it's also true, just as true, that his will is always done. Now somebody says, bring those two together. 
Well, they're just together. I don't, I don't know how else to say it. God is sovereign in creation. He spake the world into existence by an act of his will. He's sovereign in providence. Everything that happened this morning is his will being done. Everything that will happen after this second is his will being done. He said, uh, he said, there's not a bird that falls to the ground without your heavenly father. And it doesn't say without your heavenly father knowing it. It says without him, everything that happens, the most insignificant event, it's him. Oh, his will is done in salvation. If you're saved, it's because he willed your salvation. That's why you can't give your will any of the credit. And every believer knows that. He, his dominion also, he shall have dominion from sea to sea and from the river unto the ends of the earth. That's complete absolute sovereignty verse 9 they that dwell in the wilderness shall bow before him now that's his people we dwell in the wilderness don't we the wilderness of this world and you know what we do we bow you see psalm 110 says thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power we willingly bow to him and his enemies and he has enemies They're going to lick the dust at his feet. No enemy of the living God will ever prosper. Verse 10. The kings of Tarshish and of the isles shall bring presents. And the kings of Sheba and Seba shall offer gifts. Yea, all kings shall fall down before him. All nations shall serve him. Now this speaks of his sovereignty over the nations and over the Kings and rulers of the earth. Don't you love this? There is no ruler anywhere that's not under his thumb, him controlling them. There's no insect anywhere. There's no amoeba anywhere that's not under his sovereign control. And that's why we have no reason to worry he rules he reigns and every king every president every pauper is under his absolute control verse 12 4 he shall deliver the needy when he crieth the poor also and him that hath no helper. Who does he deliver? The poor. Now, if you're poor, that means you don't have anything to bring to the table. You don't have anything that comes from you that God could accept. Are you poor? Needy. Great needs. No helper. If he doesn't help me, I won't be helped. Because I have no helper. When does he deliver the poor and the needy and them that have no helper? Don't miss this. When they cry. When they cry. Lord, help me. Lord, have mercy on me. This is a personal cry to him. When they cry, he delivers the poor and the needy and then that have no helper. My dear friend, the only reason we cry is because he put it in our heart. But we cry. 
We cry. Verse 13. He shall spare the poor and needy. Look how often this is repeated in this psalm. The poor and the needy. You know what I fear for myself? And I fear for you more than anything else. That we cease being poor and needy. You see, when I cease being poor and needy, I no longer see Jesus Christ as all. That's the bottom line. It's self-righteousness, it's pride, it's arrogance to be anything other than poor and needy. Lord, make me poor and needy. Deliver me from being anything but poor and needy. Look how often this is repeated in this psalm. He shall spare the poor. Why does he spare the poor? Because he spared not his own son. That's why he spares the poor. He spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. He shall spare the poor and needy and shall save the souls of the needy. Verse 14, he shall redeem their soul from deceit and violence. Now, I love the fact that it does not say he shall offer them redemption. It says he shall redeem. It doesn't say he will make redemption available. It says he shall redeem. Now, this I know about the redemptive work of the Lord. There's nothing uncertain about it. There's nothing insecure about it. If he redeemed you, you know what? You're redeemed. All your sins are paid for. I love when we sing redeemed, how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed through his infinite mercy, his child. And forever I am. He shall redeem. He shall redeem their soul from deceit. Their own deceit. The deceitfulness of false religion. The deceit and the violence. And look at this. Precious shall their blood be in his sight. If you're redeemed. You know what your blood is to him? Precious. Yes, he's precious, but you know what? You're precious to him. Isn't that amazing? You, you, poor and needy, are precious in his sight. Verse 15, and he shall live. Um, because I live, you shall live also. He shall live. This is talking about Hebrews 7.25, wherefore he's able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. He shall live eternally, and my life is in him. He shall live, and to him shall be given the gold of Sheba. And you can read about that in um, 1 Kings 10 when the, king of, the, the queen of Sheba came to visit him. Prayer unto him shall be made for him continually, and daily shall he be praised. 
You know, I'm continually praying, let me be found in him. And I'm praising him daily. That's the work of every believer. Verse 16. Then shall be a handful of corn in the earth, a small amount upon the top of the mountains. The fruit thereof shall shake like Lebanon, and they of the city shall flourish like grass of the earth. Now the picture is a small handful at the top. Let it go, it comes tumbling down the mountain, it comes down in droves. I couldn't think of helping, uh, thinking about uh, the parable of the mustard seed. The kingdom of heaven beginning so small, imperceptible, but how it grows. What a glorious Lord he is. It starts out with that small handful, and look how it comes down. Verse 17, his name shall endure forever. Now his name is the Lord Jesus Christ. His name is his attributes. It's the person behind the name. And I love to think of the glorious attributes of the Lord Jesus Christ. In him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. That's his attribute. He has all that God has because he is God. He has every attribute of God in its fullness dwelling in his body. His name shall endure forever. His name, Jehovah Tzikinu, the Lord our righteousness, shall endure forever. Him being my shepherd, him being my peace, him being he that healeth me, all of his name shall endure forever. That's why I'm going to endure forever, because his name endures forever. His name shall endure forever. His name shall be continued as long as the sun, and men shall be blessed in him. Don't you know that I know you do if you're a believer. Your blessing is in him. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. If I'm in him, and that's salvation's being in him. If I'm in him, I have all spiritual blessings. I'm chosen in him. I'm redeemed in him. I'm accepted in the beloved. I'm forgiven in him. Every blessing I have is simply for this one reason, in him. And that's why Paul prayed, oh, that I may win Christ and be found in him. All I want, I can't say this with enough emphasis, all I want is to be found in him. To where all God sees is Jesus Christ I don't want to be seen in any other light somebody says well I'd like my own character to come out not me not me I simply want to be found in him all God has for the sinner is in the Lord Jesus Christ now he says His name shall endure forever. His name shall be continued as long as the sun. And men shall be blessed in him. All nations shall call him blessed. 
You see, he's going to have a people out of every kindred, tongue, tribe, and nation. Uh, literally, literally, I have no doubt. He's going to have a people out of every kindred, tribe, tongue, and nation. And they'll all call him blessed. Verse 18, blessed be the Lord God, the God of Israel, who only doeth wondrous things. Only he does wondrous things. He does what only God can do in every respect. And I know this, only God can take a sinner and make him perfectly righteous and make him acceptable and make him beautiful in God's sight. That's what God does through Christ. He only doeth wondrous things. I love the way he said only, don't you? No, no uh, flesh is going to glory in his presence. Verse 19, And blessed be his glorious name forever. And let the whole earth be filled with his glory Amen and amen. Can you say that to that? From the depths of your heart, when you hear David say, Blessed be his glorious name forever. Let the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen. And amen. I love the way he doubles it. Amen. And amen. And that's what we say too. Amen. And amen. Let the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen. And amen. And I personally think that David is saying the prayers of David, the son of Jesse, are ended. They can't go any further than this. Now, he had a lot more psalms after this. If you read, this was not the last psalm he wrote. And somebody says, well, the psalms are divided into two or three books. Well, that's not apparent to me. Uh, that's somebody trying to figure out a reason to say this. No, I think what David is saying, this is the great end. That his glory would fill the whole earth. And there's no greater desire than that. The prayers of David, the son of Jesse, can't go any further than that. His glory, the whole earth being filled with it. Amen.